Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sports Podcast. I'm your host for today, Justin Roman. And guys, today, um, there was a report today that Orlando Brown Jr. wants out of Baltimore because he wants to play left tackle. Ask yourself this. Should the Giants pursue Orlando Brown Jr.? Look, obviously, Orlando Brown Jr. isn't happy in Baltimore. He's the starting right tackle, but he wants to play left tackle. The position occupied by Ronnie Stanley. Stanley was an all-pro in 2019. Brown is the son of the late Orlando Brown, the former left tackle who split 12 years between the Ravens and Browns. There's no doubt that the addition of Orlando Brown Jr. would make uh, the New York Giants a better team, having come off his second consecutive Pro Bowl in 2020. But that's almost certainly not going to happen. You know... The Ravens made their decision last year. Make no, you know, make no mistake about it. The Ravens probably knew of Brown's long-heeled dreams of playing left tackle to honor his father. Brown Sr. told a young Brown Jr. that the best tackles don't play on the right side. Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, told the Baltimore's son in November... Growing up in my household, if you were going to play online, uh, play online, my dad wasn't. Uh, my dad didn't want you being on the right side. Yet last offseason, the Ravens signed Stanley to a five-year extension worth ninety-eight point seven million dollars. They view him as Lamar Jackson's blindside protector of the future. You know. Orlando Brown is on the move, and the Ravens will most likely attempt to replace him uh, in the draft. It's not an ideal scenario for Ravens GM Eric DaCosta, but he'll be well-equipped with a King's Ransom in return for, uh, for Brown Jr. And another reason, Dave Gutterman loves his O-line, you know? We know how Giants GM Dave Gutterman likes to construct his roster. He likes rough and tough dudes who dominate the line of scrimmage. Central to that philosophy is a great offensive line, you know? Before. What's up? What's up? What's up? Before. Hi, uh, New York. Dave Gellman's Carolina Panthers made the playoffs three times, including the Super Bowl. You know, over his five years in Charlotte. Carolina had a quality offensive line with Jordan Gross and Ryan Khalil making the Pro Bowl in Gettleman's first season. But Gettleman made it even better. He drafted five-time Pro Bowl guard Tri Turner in 2014 and serviceable right tackle Daryl Williams in 2015. You know, a one-time second-team All-Pro. Carolina fired Dave Gutterman less than three months after he took up 
and coming tackle Taylor Martin in the second round in 2017. Martin earned an 80.1 grade in 2020 from Pro Football Focus. Gutterman loves the O-line. He loves making it better. And Giants fans are well aware of what a great offensive line can do for a playoff team. Dave Gutterman could feasibly pursue Brown Jr. and move Andrew Thomas to the right side since he played both uh, tackle positions at Georgia. Now, here's why the Giants won't trade for Brown Jr. It likely doesn't make sense, you know, for the Giants to pursue to pursue uh, um, Brown Jr., who will undoubtedly come with a s- steep pi- uh, price tag. Think first-rounders. The Giants already invested in their t- in their uh, left in their left tackle of the future when they took Andrew Th- Andrew Thomas with the fourth pick in the 2020 draft. While Thomas struggled down the line, he finished the year strong enough for PFF to name him a breakout candidate in 2021. Gettleman then got crafty and then took UConn tackle Matt Pert in the third round. We could assume the Giants would love to see Matt Pert as the right tackle of the future. Should his about and his development should pan out. The draft network made it clear that the Ravens are only going to move on from Brown in return for big capital. You know, Benjamin Solak was, uh, uh, who is a, um, a writer and analyst, was saying that Brown is everything in a bag of chips. He's young, talented, and cheap for 2021. He's a three-year starter with high-quality play already under his belt, especially in the running game. Players like this don't just become available. Solak says he'd be surprised if a first-round pick isn't the starting point, along with additional uh, draft compensation. He was also saying in that Jason Peterson and Larry Mutunso each required at least one first-round pick in a trade. I think Brown will clear that bar comfortably. That's a problem right there. The Giants just don't possess a lot of draft capital with six picks in the 2021 draft. They've got their picks from the first to fourth rounds, along with two six-rounders. On top of that, the team has some serious offensive needs. Retaining that first-round pick will help those deficits. The clear expectation is that the Giants will attempt to help Daniel Jones by selecting a pass catcher with the 11th pick. Ed Valentine noted that most predictors have the Giants taking uh, Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddle. ESPN's Tom McShay has the Giants taking Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, who caught 12 touchdowns in 2020. If it's not if it's not the offense, the Giants have other needs. Big Blue Views Nick's, uh, Nick Nick has the Giants taking uh, uh, Georgia edge rusher Aziz Ujulan Majolari. I mean in the first round, and Stanford quarterback Paulson Adebo in the second. Filato uh, projects the Giants to take Oklahoma State wide receiver Tylen Wallace in the third round. Any way you put it, the Giants would be left without what the Giants would be left with little draft capital by giving up their first rounder for Brown Jr. And in, in 2021, Gettleman needs to fill up his grocery cart at the draft. So what's your opinion, Giants fans? Do you think the Giants should pursue Orlando Brown Jr.? I don't think so. 
And here's why. Because I think and I think Matt Perk deserves another opportunity. And if Matt Perk uh Andrew Thomas, he can play both he can play both sides. You know, he can play both positions. He did it at Georgia and he did a really good job with it. But I still believe Matt Pert deserves much more opportunities just like Andrew Thomas, you know? So let's just see. Okay, guys, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, guys, Troy Aikman, guys, uh, today, um, uh, yesterday, actually, there was a report by Troy Aikman that the Dallas Cowboys should hurry up and sign Dak Prescott long-term. Okay, what are my thoughts on this? Well, look, the names uh, read like a list of no names, never were and has been Quincy Carter, Anthony Wright, Ryan Leaf, Clint Storner, uh... Chad Hutchinson, Drew Henson, um, Vinny Testaverd, and Drew Bledsoe. That's the quarterbacks who started for the Cowboys between Troy Aikman's retirement and when the team lucked into Tony Romo. The Cowboys lucked into Dak Prescott as Romo's higher parent, going from one franchise quarterback to another in 2016 after Romo was injured in a preseason game. Aikman told David Moore of the Dallas Morning News, they're not going to get far without a franchise quarterback. They've got that in Dak. Okay, what are my thoughts on this? Um, look, Prescott has started 69 of the possible 80 games for the Cowboys in his career, missing the final 11 games in 2020 with a compound fracture and dislocated right ankle. The Cowboys, who are, the Cowboys are two and three with Prescott. They went four and seven without him. Dak, though, is scheduled to become a free agent next month after playing last season on a one-year franchise tag. Aikman said, I think the price tag went up. I think Dak's leverage went up after this year. Look it. The Cowboys and Prescott's represent. Look it. You have to understand. The Cowboys and... Prescott's representation have negotiated almost two years without reaching an agreement. If the Cowboys, you have to understand, see, this is what you Cowboys fans, especially Troy Aikman, doesn't understand. If the Dallas Cowboys can't work out a long-term deal, which I don't see happening because they have so many other issues on, on this front, they have so many other issues to deal with. If you're not, if you can't uh, work out a long-term deal with your quarterback by March 9th, they are expected to use the 37.7 million dollar franchise tag on him. That would buy the Cowboys four months to get a long-term agreement with Prescott, 
or risk his potential departure in 2022. Kirk Cousins is the only quarterback in NFL history to play under the franchise tag in back-to-back seasons. He then left Washington as a free agent in 2018. You know, look at I'd be really surprised if Prescott is playing under the franchise tag again this year. You know? My guess, Troy Aikman says this. My guess is that he will be the last we see of Dak Prescott in Dallas. I just look at I just can't imagine that he's going to feel really good. You know, giving an open nego- giving an open negotiation to the Cowboys if he's played two years under the franchise tag. Aikman though expresses optimism that the Cowboys will get a deal worked out with Prescott that keeps Prescott in Dallas long term. The Fox analysts use the word hopeful. The same word most Cowboys fans would use. You have Dak is not gonna stay. Because the Cowboys have so many other things to work, to fit, have so many other things that they need to deal with. Their horrible defense, Ezekiel Elliott, um, their secondary, like they have so many. Their offensive line, especially, they're not gonna sign Dak Prescott. So, what Troy has been saying, uh, Cowboy, the Cowboys should hurry up and uh, sign Dak Prescott long term. No, they need a. If they hurry up, they're going to waste all their money on Dak. And I don't care if it's four, five, six, seven years, possibly eight years. Dak will never, he will never succeed behind this offensive line. Because he will get heat. Because if you waste all your money on Dak, here. Listen, let's, let's, if I'm, if I'm Jerry Jones, would you want to, would, if you're Jerry Jones and Cowboys fans, this is, this is also to you. If you were Jerry Jones, would you want Dak to, uh, to stay healthy or no? Cause part of being owner, it, the, the owner's job in the NFL is to make sure that all of his players are healthy and happy. If you don't, if you waste all your money on Dak, then Dak's gonna get hurt again because you're not investing all the money on the offensive line. You, you see what I'm saying? So if you invest all your, so if you invest on your offensive line, you will have a good offense. Yes, there is there a chance the Cowboys is there a chance or even a dime or even a percentage of po- a possibility of resigning Dak? No. But if you and no other quarterback either I don't even if it's Russell Wilson. No other quarterback would survive behind this O line. So, I just, I don't, that's all I got to say about that. You have to remember, you have to invest into the thing that you really need. 
That's all I gotta say. Okay, guys, there's a report. Um, let's talk about the Eagles, some guys. Um, a report uh, by NBC Sports that the Eagles have yet to be offered a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Uh, what my thoughts on this? Um, my thoughts on this? Um. The Eagles still want to trade Carson Wentz. Wentz still wants to be traded. That reality, coupled with Wentz's golf uh, contract, is keeping the Eagles from getting the kind of trade offer they'd like to receive. Les Bone of the Philadelphia Inquirer, in an article explaining the delay in the trade, writes that league sources doubt Howie Roseman has been offered a first-round pick of any sort for Wentz this year or in the future. Recently, the Eagles legend Ron Jaworski said that the Colts have offered a pair of second round picks with the possibility of an of an additional third or fourth round selection down the, uh, down the round. Two weeks after news emerged of the trade that will send Matthew Stafford to the Rams and Jared Goff to the Lions. The reality remains that Wentz compares more to Goff than to Stafford due to Wentz's contract. While Wentz quite, uh, quite possibly has the better chance than Goff of justifying the many millions still to be earned, now isn't the ideal time to be shopping Wentz and his long-term deal, which pays out $25 million uh, dollars fully guaranteed in 2021 and which has more than 15 million dollars more become fully guaranteed for 2022 only a few days after the start of the new league year if the goal as always is buy low and sell high the eagles based on Wentz's play in 2020 are selling low the primary potential suitors continue to be the Colts and the Bears. It continues to make little sense for the Bears to want Wentz, or more importantly, for Wentz to want the Bears. The Colts, therefore, know that they're the only real option, which makes it very difficult for the Eagles to create uh, real leverage. Any leverage the Eagles currently possess instantly evaporates if the Colts address their needs elsewhere. While there's no indication that the Colts are preparing in a pivot toward another veteran quarterback, if the Eagles push too hard and wait too long, the Colts will have no choice but to make other plans. So why, so uh, why not just take the offer of two second-round picks if Jaworski's information is correct? You know. It gets the Eagles uh, to net value for a quarterback whose 2020 performance coupled with his current contract could have easily put the Eagles in Brock uh, Osweiler mode, requiring them to give someone a draft pick to get Wentz's bloated contract off the books. You know, I'm just saying... It doesn't take that long to trade a quarterback. You know, like, 
if I'm Carson, just take him to the Colts. The Bears, they have no talent. You know, they don't have a good offensive line. They don't. The only good thing the Bears really have is their defensive front. In Indianapolis, you're playing under Quentin Nelson, who is one of the best right tackles, uh, left tackles in the league, and would be a great, uh, great uh, block protector for Carson Wentz. You have yourself, even though you got an okay receiving core, I understand T.Y. Hilton, he's getting old, and you, the Colts have one of the best defenses in the league. There's no point of going to the Bears. You know? And how we wrote... Ryan Pace is like another Howie Roseman. He's going to make stupid decisions, especially when it comes to bringing in talent. So I don't have nothing to say but just join Indianapolis and try to win a Super Bowl, something that you couldn't do with the Eagles. So that's all I have. That's all I got to say about that. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. You know, um, I'll be coming up with uh, um, more live updates on the NFC East. And yeah, you guys you guys have a good rest of your night. See you tomorrow.